From Community Public Radio, this is the CPR News. From New York, I'm Don DeBar. Today we go to Moscow to speak with analyst Mark Sloboda. He's going to uh, give us a peek what's going on basically in Moscow around him now that the sanctions have been imposed by the U.S. and Europe. Mark, welcome, first of all. Thanks for having me, Don. It's always an honor and a pleasure to be on CPR with you. And it's our honor and pleasure to have you with us. So what's it like over there? Are the store shelves all empty now and everybody's uh, hiding in the corner shivering or what? Yeah, I, I, I actually read that in uh, uh, on Twitter, and it's being reported in, in Western media, evidently. Evidently, all my store shelves are empty, uh, and, really? uh, you know, there's there's nothing left, and we're already starving to death over here. Wow. Uh, that's that's uh, according to, you know, the Western media. Um, in reality, I was literally in just my local... Uh, equivalent of of kind of a a corner store, yeah, um, and yeah. and and I live on the very outskirts of Moscow. This is the one on the way uh, to the subway from to the metro from your yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, that, that small store on the yeah, way yeah. to the metro there. There's yeah. okay, so um, there's absolutely zero empty shelves. Um, <laughs> there are people shopping uh, quite normally. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's all just crazy disinfo. Um, there, there are really no shortages. I mean, what we have seen. Okay, so first of all, these these sanctions, this and and sanctions just doesn't cover it because it is a full scale economic war yeah. by the West on Russia at this point and an attempted existential and the ex- explicit intent of this. Right. Uh, well, uh, first of all, is 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 to make the Russian economy scream so much that they stop the intervention in Ukraine. But beyond that, uh, they specifically want to make the Russian people suffer so much that they overthrow their own government. They've said know, that like Vladimir publicly Putin. here, like a, a yeah, number yes, of people. Publicly, yes, publicly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's no surprise. I mean, if you remember back when during the Trump administration, Pompeo talking about sanctions as an Iran, uh, you know, basically he said, if they want to feed their people, they'll change their foreign policy. Right. I mean, right, like, like right. just like that, those words. Right. Yep. Um, so, I mean, that that is the intent. Um, and this is definitely the most significant round of sanctions, not not only, you know, um, that Russia has seen so far, but that is pretty much uh, conceivable, uh, you know, without completely tanking Europe's uh, entire economy by making them stop buying Russian energy as well. This Russia is now the most sanctioned country by the United States. Yep. Woohoo, we're number one. Yep, I <laughs> we've 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 pissed off the hegemon more than anyone. Yeah. Uh, and and they are definitely, I mean, no holds barred. I mean, this isn't just person I mean, there are more and more personal sanctions against Russian officials and oligarchs, as if that's going to change anything. Um, the Russian people don't love their filthy rich any more than the American people love Elon Musk or, right. or Zuckerberg or, or um, right. Jeff Bezos. Uh, so, uh, you know, 
that that's not going to change anything. And they don't even have, I mean, calling them oligarchs in Russia, that was part of the whole uh, Putin, you know, administration, you know, going back to the 2000 social contract, he drove the oligarchs out of politics saying you can keep your filthy money, uh, but right. you're out of politics. You can't buy politicians anymore. That's right. done. You know, we, we don't have that type of campaign finance nonsense. Whereas oligarchs like Zuckerberg and Bezos, and it, they have real political power. I mean, <laughs> those are oligarchs. Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard yeah. to call rich guys in Russia oligarchs yeah. compared to people like the Rockefellers, for example. Yeah, in, in the state companies, the large state companies, uh, those guys are stewards. Right. And they, they do get egregious, uh, you know, compensation sure. uh, for being CEOs, but nothing on the scale of of of, say, a private Western company owner. Right. And they can and are removed, uh, you know, right. whenever right. Uh, they are, are, you know, deemed, you know, not effective or or right. with their hand in the till uh, or so on. You know, so your management um, that one of the biggest oil companies in the world and it belongs to the state, the people expect that it's going to yeah. run properly and it's going to help support the state and their programs. And if not, you're gone because you're getting paid well. Yeah. So the biggest sanctions are the attempt, uh, the uh, uh, sanctions against Russia's central bank, the attempt to freeze its currency reserves and uh, Russia does have <laughs> significant currency reserves. It has continued to build them up during the pandemic. It has somewhere between six and seven hundred billion dollars worth of foreign currency reserves. It had started to spread that out, to diversify, uh, so, such that the dollar was uh, was uh, you know the uh, value of the dollar was decreasing, but it had increased the amount in euros. It also increased the amount in yuan. So a good portion of that, some three hundred billion is now frozen uh, mostly in in european countries and and some other international trade there uh so you know it's basically russia's money is stolen maybe you could uh, ex explain uh to people just what foreign currency reserves are and 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 why why countries hold them but for somebody who wants to do the quick arithmetic the six to say 750 billion dollars in currency reserves for 150 million russians is five thousand dollars in reserves for each and every man, woman, and child in Russia. That's a lot of money in the bank when you consider that the U.S., each man, woman, and child owes about $150,000. Yeah, I mean, compared to, to, to Russia, Russia has six to $700 billion just in currency reserves than right. another uh, $300 billion in, in gold. gold reserves, right? right. right? <laughs> um, whereas the United States has $30 trillion worth of, of just national debt not not right. state and city debt right. you know com compounded onto that uh so it's it's pretty obscene um and russia has a modest a very small one of the smallest in the world certainly for a country its size uh debt it's like 50 billion dollars notice that its own reserves are many times over it's basically uh to facilitate trade and and to keep effect of keeping a credit line yeah, it's open, like a revolving right? credit line right yeah but by seizing control of Russia's foreign currency reserves, they're attempting to prevent Russia from making the small payments to service its debt on this right. comparatively very small debt that Russia easily has more money. But the U.S., what the U.S., you know, commanding heights 
of the global financial system. They're just preventing Russia from making the payments. And we're talking about a, a, the largest country in the world, the country that has so many valuable commodities. You know, let's start with oil, gas and gold right. and, and, you know, palladium and wheat and all these other things. Yeah. Right. But it Russia could be declared in technical default in the next week or two. That is possibility as the U.S. attempts through its control of international finance to prevent Russia from making its payments. They're like physically going and stopping you from from mailing right. your uh, you know your to, your check to pay your like, debts. No, don't deposit yeah, that. That, yeah, right. That's the equivalent. Um, so I mean, uh, on top of that. Um, Russia has been cut off from, uh, for the most part, not not entirely, for the most part from SWIFT. SWIFT is the global financial transaction system. Like every time you go to make a uh, use an ATM in a foreign country, or every time you are making a credit card payment, paying for something abroad, uh, that is being done via SWIFT. And the U.S. and its European uh, allies, they they control SWIFT. And uh, what they're they have told SWIFT to, uh, you know, uh, stop uh, Russian transactions, except in the case of the Europeans, they had to make some exceptions for the Russian banks that they use to buy their energy that they right. need to survive right, right. from Russia. Those banks well, we won't cut off right. <laughs> because we need it. Right. That's the, you know, the, the, the cynicism there. And a lot of people ask the question of why, why Russia doesn't just stop energy payments to Europe, I mean, energy deliveries to Europe. And the question is, uh, the answer is simply because Russia can't afford to, right. uh, not, not yet. Uh, it, it relies, it, it's a, uh, you know, consumer producer relationship with energy that ties you into, uh, you know, this reciprocal relationship. And, you know, particularly to survive this crisis, the Russian government is going to need the constant influx of funds. Uh, it's something like a billion dollars a day from Europe, all told, in energy right. um, that, um, you know, it will need to survive this. So, as much as it might deliver some satisfaction to strike back, you know, you weaponize the, your economy against us, we'll weaponize our economy against you. Unfortunately, Russia can't afford to do that. Now, in a few years, when another couple pipelines that have, you know, uh, started construction to China and elsewhere in Asia right. come online, then Russia might have greater option there. But, but for the moment, um, you know, uh, Russia still delivers, you know, most of its energy to Europe and it needs those funds, particularly right now. So it can't do that. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it, of course, I cannot, for instance, use um, I can't make international payments now with with uh, my Russian uh, bank card uh, because Visa and MasterCard, you know, connected to the SWIFT network have been used. Right. Now, there are alternatives. Russia has its own um, uh, uh Equivalent that it has constructed over the last few years, you know, since 2014, basically, a mirror card, which means I can con continue making all of my payments within the country and in uh, other countries that take the mirror card, which right. are basically the Eurasian Union, right? right? Um, but also, it is um, uh, Russian banks uh, have a connection 
uh, and there is cooperation with the Chinese uh, financial payment system. Uh, sometimes it's called KIPS, uh, but you know the bank cards are, use the Union Pay. And so any countries that accept Chinese payments, uh, I, I will be able to get a Union Pay card um, or, or a card with Union Pay access, you know, little stamp. Uh, so uh, China is helping Russia uh, get around those sanctions, uh, you know, be able to make international payments in countries that, you know, ordinary Russians, you know, uh, that take Union Pay as well. So it will mean Russia is cut off economically effectively from Europe at right. this point, from the West, from from right. you know, Europe, right. uh, to, uh, to a, a large extent, also South Korea, Japan, uh, Taiwan and and Singapore has joined in for some right. for some reason uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. But almost the entirety of, of the rest of Asia has not. Right. And Africa has not. And right. South America has not. And right. those countries will be under the threat of punishing sanctions from the U.S. for doing trade with Russia. Well, but already, even, India, even the U.S. China, there's only so even, much yeah. they can sanction. Yeah. Yeah. They're threatening India, China, Pakistan. Yeah. You know. yeah. The West is not the world. I mean, at the day the uh, military intervention was launched or, you know, in the hours after mm -hmm. the prime minister of Pakistan, Imran Khan, was in Moscow, the first time a, a Pakistani prime minister had, had been here in, in 30 years. Uh, and he was, ooh, it's so exciting to be, it's so interesting to be here in such exciting times. Yeah. Um, obviously not phased much uh, by it. And he was here to sign major wheat and, and uh, gas deals. Right. Uh, so obviously, uh, you know, uh, the West is not the world and, and Russia will continue to, to have economics and do business, even if it has to readjust and, and belt tighten. And a lot of Russian companies will have to, you know, cut off their existing ties with European uh, um, companies and they'll have to find new sources of ingredients and resources and so on. Uh, but there is a, a counter reaction to all of these sanctions. Oh, and of course you've seen the huge, uh, every Western company is, is just pulling out of doing Russia and, you know, a business in Russia. Yeah. Um, um, it, it just, it's, it's, it shows the, the almost, you know, total power that the U.S. has over uh, its corporations of the yeah. synergy uh, between them. Yeah, yeah, they're, um, they're all part of the state. Of, they are all it, of them it, comprise it, the state. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I he expected this out of like, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Google, YouTube. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, the Meta and 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 Alphabet. Right. You know, as they uh, now call themselves, and so on. Twitter, um, the social media that the the relationship as as those social media platforms as U.S. state affiliated has has always already long been clear, you know, but McDonald's and Coca-Cola and Ikea and, you know, everything. And uh, as someone I, I heard a, a, a philosopher uh, was joking that um, so McDonald's and Coca-Cola and Pornhub and um, uh, what was the last one? Uh, CNN are pulling out of Russia. Right. Do you have any idea what that means? Yeah. The Russians are going to be the healthiest people in the world. Yeah, the Russians will be the healthiest, most well, uh, uh, most well adjusted, um, best informed people that's in right. the world. Yep, that's right. 
<laughs> these companies are losing money. And the biggest question is, uh, you know, the, the people that they unemploy that they had been employing here, yeah. uh, you know, that will will hurt the Russian economy in terms of jobs. Some of them are actually continuing. Uh, they think this is going to be over soon, which yeah. it's not. Uh, this is like forever now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is a great decoupling. This is this is not going to be easily reversed. Uh, so but, um, you know, there are already Russian domestic industries uh, are already, you know, singing praise and joy because now their products uh, have a chance to, to cancel all, right. you know, capture all of the market share, right. as well as other countries like China and other, you know, India, other uh, yeah, Eurasian countries, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, can also uh, provide yeah. products for the market. You know, there, there are a couple of things, but it's just to interrupt for a second. One, you know, you saw like a political manifestation of this at the UN twice, but particularly <laughs> last Friday, um, where South Africa is not on the... Uh, Council, but uh, uh, China and uh, India um, and um, uh, Brazil are, and yeah. all of them were joining in uh, with with Russia's calling for uh, an investigation of the violation of the uh, chemical you know protocols, um, and um, you know knowing what kind of fury is coming from Washington, and, and so uh, like a lot of the um, synergies that people saw like in the brick or the or the bricks countries at the very beginning of that like the early part of the 2000s you have you know and also russian domestic industry after the fall of the soviet union so many western corporations came in and plundered that the domestic firms really never had a chance to get on their feet and now that yeah now they've got some space for that yeah, it, Russia joined the World Trade Organization way too soon yeah. in my mind, and now the U.S. is trying to kick them out of it, which I would be very happy about. Yeah. But, um, for instance, in 2014, Russia's counter-sanctions to the then round of sanctions was to exclude European agricultural products, and it led to a giant boom in the Russian agricultural industry. I it's remember. huge money now in Russia. Um, it was a big resurgence. Uh, so s while you know there are industries that will hurt from this, there are other industries that, uh, domestic industries that uh, will, will grow dramatically as a result of this. So it's a, a bit a, of a give and a take. Um, another thing th the U.S. is trying to do uh, that is, is very curious uh, and potentially very um, uh, dangerous and, and should be uh, threatening to the world is they're attempting to cut Russia out of the global semiconductor trade because yeah. Russian semiconductor production is still pretty small. And even Chinese semiconductor production is um, small compared to, say, the U.S., uh, Japan, South Korea, right. Taiwan, and Singapore. And the U.S. has roped all of them into this round of sanctions. And, uh, for instance, the uh, biggest Russian domestic car manufacturer, Lada, um, they've had to shut down production because they're – <laughs> they're going to be facing a shortage of semiconductor yeah, chips yeah. and they're looking for alternatives right now. Um, but so that, that could, you know, really, if I could affect, you know, the Russian, you know, anything that requires the semiconductor, right. the tech industries, uh, but also the military and so on. And, and some of it can be domestically produced and some of it cannot easily be done in the scale that Russia will need. And the U S is already threatening Chinese companies over, uh, you know, them providing supply of some things, some things, you know, uh, will be much harder to replicate. Right. But 
there's a double-edged sword to that because mm-hmm. this is where Russia is such a big part of the global economy. You know, if you if you're just looking at GDP, it's number eleven. But if you're looking at GDP per purchasing power parity, which is actually what you need to compare a country's economic strength, Russia is is just after Germany and would would replace them again in, in another year or two uh, without this. Um, so and it is also the biggest commodity supplier of so many things that everyone needs, right? It's the number one supplier to the world of natural gas, right. which you know, particularly Europe, uh, China also you know really r- rely on on Russian gas that way. It is either the number two or number one, depending on the year supplier of oil. And you're already facing $130 barrels of of oil. It climbed up to last week. It could potentially get much higher. Right. Um, and uh, you know, uh, Americans are paying up to seven dollars at the pump already, More. and trying you know, <laughs> it, in California, to, it's almost eight. Yeah, eight. Yeah. Uh, but also wheat. Russia is the biggest supplier of wheat to the world. What sh- Russia is the biggest supplier of sunflowers and sunflower oil to the world. And Americans don't use it, but much of the rest of the world uses sunflower oil in their daily cooking. Right. Um, uh, uh, rye also. Uh, we're talking uh, uh, metals, uh, platinum, nickel, aluminum, wow. cobalt, copper. Um, all, all of these uh, barley, rye, oats, all these Russia is – either the top or one of the top producers in. And what this is going to mean, of course, is, you know, rising fuel prices and, you know, gas, uh, gasoline prices in the U.S. When they go up, everything becomes more expensive because of the U.S. reliance on trucking uh, for its uh, distribution network in the country, right? The price of of oil goes up, uh, you know, the U.S. economy screams. Um, And that is starting to happen right now uh, europe the same way with natural gas uh, a year ago they were paying 300 dollars per a thousand cubic meters last week the price went up to three thousand eight hundred dollars wow. per a thousand cubic meters wow. which means that europe european companies are just shutting down michelin the tire they just shut down their factories because they can't afford to produce anything already so this is the blowback effect right this is you can't cut a country like russia out of the global economy and and continue business as usable the whole world is looking at a recession if not a depression and while this is going to mean increased fuel prices and ever higher you know going much higher than it is now inflation in the us in the third world this is going to mean famine and starvation. Russia, uh, Egypt is the country in the world that imp- is that they're the largest importer of wheat, right? Ironic for a country that used to be considered the breadbasket of ancient Rome, but wow. modern Egypt, they, Egypt, you know, they can't feed their people. They import a lot of wheat and they get most of their wheat from Russia. They also get they also use a lot of sunflower oil to make bread. And uh, they also get their sunflower oil from Russia. Egypt is facing mass starvation, uh, all of North Africa and sub-Saharan Africa as well, uh, because you know Russian commodities are, are now going to be hard to get, even for countries that aren't participating in the sanctions because of, of the threat of U.S. sanctioning other countries for doing business with Russia and so on. So this is all going to spiral and get really nasty. And if we get back to semiconductor chips on this, right? U.S. has the production in it, you know, the manufacturing advantage the, uh, that and you know the countries that it's allied with. But what 
every single semiconductor uh, needs neon, and most uh, almost every one of them needs palladium. Russia is the number one supplier of palladium in the world, uh-huh. and it is also um, Russia and Ukraine together are the biggest supplier of um, uh, neon. The, the neon gas that is used to make every semiconductor. And they're like 70% of global supply. It's a byproduct of the Russian production of steel. The gas is then sent to Ukraine where it's refined and, and um, uh, uh, sold as neon. Um, and um, <laughs> now the, the semiconductors, uh, wow. manu- uh, producers, you know, around the world are saying, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to keep going much longer if this right. continues. Prices are already going insane, and soon we may not be able to get it at any price. And this is that double-edged sword again. Yeah. Uh, you know, Russia may not be able to buy semiconductors soon. No one will be able to make them. It doesn't matter, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, and it'll be easier for Russia, for example, to you know provide itself the refining capacity than it would be for Ukraine. To provide itself with the raw material to refine. Yeah, um, Russia and 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 Ukraine together provide thirty some percent of the uh, 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 wheat exported in the world. Wow, that's a, a third, right? Third think of think of what that is going to do to food prices. You know, in they, a, they feed two billion people. Yeah. So this is why we are all in a downward spiral to the bottom. And yep. I don't think that this is going to end anytime soon because you know how hard it is for the U.S. politically to remove sanctions once they're locked in. Yeah. It took the U.S., what, four decades, to, three or four decades to get rid of Jackson Vanek, even when it was no longer had any uh, – it was a sanction on the Soviet Union uh, to do with um, uh, Jewish immigration yeah, to Israel and long after it wasn't a factor in the Soviet Union and then the Soviet Union um, dissolved. Well, look at, I mean, there were sanctions against Cuba that were imposed by the Eisenhower administration. Administration, yeah. So um, these, these, I don't see these going away anytime soon. I think this is the new reality. I think we're watching the depth, the death of globalization and the global internet, by the way, as we knew it. Where everything is going to become much more local, localized, much more um, um, uh, divided. Um, That's already happening, of course, you know, with China, but now with Russia. You know, Russia has its own internet, uh, social media giants uh, that most, you know, for for instance, Europe doesn't have uh, any independence there, but Russia has its own major search engine that is the the biggest used in in, uh, Russia, Yandex, and it has its own equivalent of Facebook, very popular in Russia in the former Soviet Union, Vakontaktia. Um, yeah. which I'm on, by the way, too, yeah. um, and they also have a RuTube. So they've got uh, alternatives, uh, you know, that, you know, the Russian people are already turning to, right. uh, you know, they had already used quite a lot already. Um, yeah, but, um, you know, this is, this is going to be a, a big divisive thing going forward. And I think, you know, we are definitely seeing the last of the last of the last of, of the nails uh, in the coffin of the unipolar world by yeah, the U.S., you know, going to this all-out extent yeah. to punish Russia, you know, from overthrowing their regime change um, uh, in 2014. 
but uh, it's going to lead to a major splits in the global economy. I, I, I call it the great decoupling. Yeah, I think, um, you know, and um, take even physically, take a look at airlines. So a minute, all so. Western U.S. European airlines uh, stopped uh the flight of Russian airplanes over their airspace. Right. Okay, well, Russia, of course, did the same to U.S. airlines, right. Western airlines. Now, for instance, now take a look at the United Kingdom. Right. Russian airlines can no, overfly, no, no longer fly over the United Kingdom. How do you get to Japan right? or India? Yeah. Now, <laughs> British airlines can no longer fly over Russia, and Russia is one-sixth of the world's the surface. It's piece of real estate on the planet. That's the wrong game yeah. to play with them. It's stupid. I don't I, I don't think you thought that one through know, very well. Another thing, a lot of Russian airlines had actually leased Boeing and Aerobuses yeah, from Europe. And now they're like, oh, and you think we're going to give them back to you now? Come get them, going but you can't on, send right? anybody through our airspace. I know, it's yeah. ridiculous. So I, the world is, you know, Russians will no longer be able to fly to Europe or, or, or any Western allied country, right. and, and vice versa, a whole portion of the, blo the globe um, is going to be denied Western airlines right. now, and they'll have to fly way out of their way uh, to fly, to fly from Europe, fly to Alaska to get to, to Japan, and, oh, and all insane. different kinds of crazy routes. It's not looking good, that's for sure. Um, but uh, you know we'll, we'll keep an eye on what's going on and we'll let people know and I appreciate your time thanks for having me Don thank you and that's all the news we have for you right now for Community Public Radio I'm Don DeBar in New York thanks for listening